Studies show when a decision is made by a group, everyone feels more confident, even though the decision could be incredibly stupid. Is this true? Oh, yes, sir. Oh, yes. Can't argue with that. What do you guys think? Oh. Did I hear a no from Section C-72? Oh, uh, no, that was a, uh, whoa. <laughs> Give the whole lower bowl a raise. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Nick's Nonfiction. We have a new book, a bestseller from a well-put-together man who's making his way around the media circuits. That is Douglas Murray with his book, The Madness of Crowds. It's an early morning recording here. You might hear it in my voice. I'm still waking up. I got a little lightning in a bottle here to wake me up, if you know what I'm saying. Coffee in a mason jar. (laughs) You know what coffee does to your joints? It inflames them. And what we are talking about today are some of the most inflammatory topics in American culture. The overarching theme is groupthink. Did you know Jim Jones drinking the Kool-Aid? He told all of his followers they aren't allowed to go back to America because it's too racist of a country. You know, the melting pot, it's too racist. The current cult of wokeness says you're not allowed to talk to your parents because they have experienced systematic racism. We're going over the battle of the sexes today, racism. I'm going to be like tiptoeing, walking on eggshells, obviously. The cis whale, cis whale, white whale. No, I identify as a whale. White male, whatever it is, we're talking about trans. Read the uh, bio for the show. It is a very touchy topic. Douglas Murray is enthralled with American culture. He has been writing about the death of Europe. They are protesting harder than we ever have in America currently. Maybe that is a madness of crowds. It is more so about how these groups are fashioned to then be taken control of. I went to the original George Floyd protests in LA this year. It's been a long ass year. That was back in May. Marched with like 60,000 people. One of the first days I was holding a Gadsden flag. This isn't like my cop out for racism. I am saying this movement was hijacked. It would turned into get justice from the police and then George Soros branded it with BLM and then they started putting those brick pallets this is going to be a year-end show we've got some fun stuff coming in the next few weeks we'll debrief at the end of the episode think about it though Douglas Murray says we are closer to a civil war than we have ever been we can't even agree on our history anymore. We talked about last week uh, Thomas Jefferson. Is he a racist or is he a visionary who built a country for a bunch of people fleeing monarchs? We can't agree on the simplest foundations. Teddy Roosevelt statues getting taken down. He made the national park system. Going all the way back to 1860s America Civil War and Douglas Murray has 1600s England Civil War that we are going to be going over. It is a nuanced issue about the author Douglas Murray. This tallywhacker was born on 16th of July 1979. British conservative author Wikipedia made that abundantly clear. He goes by a political commentator. He has many books, born and raised in Hammersmith, London. He had an English mother who was a civil servant and a Scottish Gaelic-speaking father who was a school teacher, went on to continue that education. Douglas and his brother would go to his dad's ancestral home on the Isle of Lewis every summer. They would go fishing. He had a normal childhood. At an age of 19, he went to University of Oxford, explored his sexuality. He is a gay man, and he's going to get into these 
what is gay, what is queer, all the LGBTQXY, pansexual, binary, look at me. His first pieces were Boys, a biography of Lord Alfred Douglas. Christopher Hitchens described that piece as masterly, and he got into writing plays for a while, didn't go too well, overestimated himself. He might be gay and uh, think the death of God is coming. He was missing the Nietzsche mustache. He could have pulled it off if he had all that going for him. He's a uh, traditional conservative, again, striving for unity, not someone who's usually painted as a fascist to be on the right side. And I do want to say this up front today. I did not vote for either political party. I voted Libertarian in 2016. They most identify with my doctrine as a man, live and let live. I didn't even vote this time around. So I'm more independent. I'm an umpire here calling balls and strikes. Don't try to put me on either of these teams. We're going to get a completely objective view today. Murray's other books include Neoconservatism, Why We Need It. And there you think he's a Nazi because of that. We need a voice so far on the right because the left has gone so far. It's all a spectrum. This is what, if you don't know what the Overton window is, that's like the topics of a loud discussion and it shrinks the more we get into this technocracy twitter banning the president's tweet you know we're going to 1984 he also goes on all the british talk shows murray goes on bbc's question time this week hard talk i think they call them chat shows he's been on the largest alt media because they won't let him on the new york times this is already an international bestseller. It paints this world to a T, and it was written in 2019. He added an extra chapter, which we have today. It's going to start chapter one. It's about crowds. you got to draw a crowd first. Gather around. We are surely experiencing a great derangement in society. It is mostly attributed to the online culture. Last chapter goes over this more than anything. Douglas describes the behavior as irrational, feverish, herb-like, and unpleasant. The increase is unprovable. He has an academic background as a scientist. You can never prove people are just crazier nowadays. You would need to sample size the entire earth. But it's pretty agreed upon. Like, you talk to older people and they say, this is the most divided I've ever seen the country. We had a civil war. And people are saying it can't get much worse. We'll get a little conspiratorial today, too, so stay tuned. I definitely have a lot of commentary on that compared to the never-been-more-divided. Douglas said in this intro, past centuries, the narratives are collapsing. Again, with the Thomas Jefferson, the Founding Fathers, we cannot agree on where we came from. Is religion uh, racist? <laughs> I mean, Douglas Murray, he goes hard on saying that wokeism is its own religion. It's more of a cult, but what are we going to believe in it's because uh, people don't even know this man sorry we're gonna have to go slow conservatism is to conserve the old way and then progressivism is supposed to mean to progress and now they're fighting for like green new deal you're not allowed to ride a plane but i mean the old way conserving the old ways only the church is allowed to say who has <laughs> i need to buy plan b sometimes my pullout game isn't too strong there's good things that we should keep from the past and keep trying to move to the future. This is why it's so binary, a cop-out of using your rational brain to join one of these pre-programmed teams. And Douglas is talking about how that polarity is decaying our academia. 
we have the black colleges or you want to go to a feminist study class. I had to take a couple of those. I don't care about black authors. I'll say it again. I don't care about black. I only care about authors. If it happens to be Thomas Sowell, great. I love some of his books. You know, I want to read the best of everything. Stop pigeonholing everything. You could tell we're only 10 minutes and I just woke up. I'm going to get enraged today. And you see these sides are built to push people to the fringes. I already sound like a white nationalist just because I want to read from everybody and not only one certain sex, race, gender. Talk to anyone older than 50. They don't understand what triggered mean. They think safe spaces are the dumbest thing in the world. Douglas Murray says these are just excuses to act without decorum. Drawing it around how crazy we are getting. A safe space isn't a therapeutic free massage lounge. It's a place where you can act like a child and shout out loud. These are excuses we are building. We're child-proofing the world for our temper tantrums. I'm too tired to hashtag adult right now. I need my safe space. Someone over 50 doesn't know what that means. As a gay man, Douglas, he stuck his neck out for a Nobel Prize professor, Tim Hunt. This man made the observation. He wrote a paper about it, how fellas doing research in the lab right now, they're having their own chemistry. They've been making out a little bit more. A lot of gay dudes are killing it in the science realm. And he was ousted by the English media for publishing this statistical truth, what a scientist's job is. And he's saying there's a lot of gay people. I wonder what this is. It's not a bad thing. You are expected to either ignore these topics or just act like they don't exist. (laughs) And that is uh, Douglas makes this point. Don't want to get too big picture too quick. Douglas makes this point. Every single totalitarian regime ever, the first thing they do is decay truth. Or you are not allowed to publish statistics or make you bend your back to rules. Once you don't have truth, everything goes out the window. And again... Or postmodern academia. This is post truth. Douglas, he couldn't have dropped this book at a better time. Tim Hunt, that guy got Me Too's from CNN. That professor's career is not flourishing as Douglas's is. Covered most of this in the intro. Douglas is a gay man. He considers this book, he knows it's going to trigger everybody. He talked about this thing the British Royal Army has. It's called a giant python, and it's a minesweeper. Think of like a baseball field. You set this machine up on home plate and then it sweeps 300 yards out in a semicircle and it triggers all of the mines. They pop up in the air and explode. So this intro, I mean, I've been doing this with the past two years of shows, just go over the top so you can't be canceled. That's the point. He's just lobbing the grenade out there, making all the landmines who are easily triggered go off. So now we could talk about some real truth. Chapter two. The four topics today, gay, women, trans, and race. We are starting with the gays. Chapter 2, Organizing the Closet. (laughs) London of 2018, just off the Piccadilly Circus. A demonstration was taking place. It went mostly unnoticed. It was the voices of the silenced. They rented out, this is a gay support group. They rented out a theater to show pink news, which is only gay news stories. So if I'm watching pink news on September 11th of 2001, I don't hear about the biggest news. The voices of the silenced, nobody was visiting their shows, so they took to the public square to try to get people into the theater. 
And on the biggest showing night, they had 150 people travel from as far as the Netherlands. Dr. Michael Davidson attended. He was a guest on Piers Morgan six months earlier. On his performance, he admitted on TV that he was gay, came out of the closet at 35. And Piers Morgan took that as an argument that homosexuality is a choice. Can't trust Piers, you know, he just wants a good late night bit to get a lot of clicks. And he called the voices of silence fraud. Dr. Davidson is quoted at the Royal College saying that gay is biology. (laughs) First half of this chapter is doing the whole old argument. Is it a choice or is it not? It culminates in a much better thesis from Douglas. Just stay tuned. Davidson said that the voice of silence film, he went to their little movie, The Pink News, He was like, this is incoherent. It mixes findings of current homosexuality with ancient doctors saying how, of course, the Greeks used to be gay too. It's not a choice. David noticed uh, a lot of the young gay characters in the film, the Germans, the French, the British guys, they hated their mums, and they came out later in their life like he did. So David, he starts looking into his own history. He went to a voluntary voluntary conversion camp when he wanted to like try to be part of his family again and this story goes much worse when we get to the trans people who transition to try to be part of their own family again you know family's all good until they're abusive psychologically or physically it doesn't go well for a lot of these cases he's saying yeah my voluntary conversion worked but if i was born in the american bible belt I would have never entertained these ideas to begin with. He thinks he was in a queer environment growing up, and that's what pushed him to that side. He must have just hit some really good pussy and then was like, how was I gay for 30 years? This shit is great. I gotta skip ahead for this to make sense a little bit. He brought up the Stonewall Riots, and at the time, we're gonna have a book on that in the future, 5-7% to of men were gay. Around 6% of men were gay. Stephen Davidowitz mathed it out. He did current gay numbers. He looked at gay porn viewership per state, and it averages out to 6%. So 6% of men behind closed doors naturally will seek out visual uh, pornography of gay men. Davidowitz went to Connecticut and then Mississippi and got the numbers of self-admitted gay men and of course in Connecticut it was double the number of Mississippi but in both of those states only 6% of men actually like gay porn so who is uh being gay and who is not Douglas goes on to say later that 5% of men are like prostate stimulation they are born this way and then as much as 10% more he defines as queer (laughs) that's a great word to describe it but I don't know what language is anymore what is this guy a queer he's just acting gay he's putting the voice on he's getting attention by wearing girl heels why aren't you watching porn though behind closed doors is this a cuttlefish maneuver are you trying to get closer to the female sex by acting gay I think that 6% speaks a lot and the pendulum is only going to swing Douglas is citing these 2018 articles where the New York Times they called out Japan for not acknowledging gay marriage that was in 2018 
three years earlier, a majority of states in the U.S. didn't allow gay marriage. We felt the same way, and Japan spoke out. It was some samurai type of answer. They were basically saying a ballet as intimate as human sexuality takes centuries to unravel. You can't kink shame us or manipulate us when Hillary Clinton didn't support it until 2015. They're just like, you can't shame another nation. You got to let it play out over time. And think about Japan. They buy child's underwear from vending machines. They're straight up deviants over there. We try to use these things for political power. You will be made a pawn. Your group is coming next. Shop owners, you know, they're doing on Yelp. They're calling small businesses racist. Business owners are racist. (laughs) Douglas bought up in this first chapter in 2018 all of the newspeak. You got to read 1984 again. Newspeak, it's used to debase the language, was introduced during Pride Month. Again, Pride Month is a new concept as well. Hashtag gender neutral. Hashtag love is love. Hashtag believe all women. It's, um, (laughs) our sexuality is not a lengthy orchestra like Japan was talking about. We're a bunch of erratic pop songs. And, you know, Believe All Women was hip, a good song, top 40 charts, until Joe Biden sexually assaulted Tara Reid, and then we can't believe all women anymore. I'm not going to go into all of those absurdisms today. It hurts my brain. This is the world we live in. Only some people have opened their eyes. Douglas, he went to the New York City ballet as a kid. Gay man, kid in a candy store here. <laughs> he has the triple threat roles, ripped guys that could sing, dance, and act. Douglas is going, these people are angels. These people are probably born gay. And Douglas, he went on Rogan. He mentions him in his book. I love that old bit in one of his first specials. There are gay men, and then there's really crafty gay dudes who convince dumb guys to blow them. (laughs) And that's probably the queers, the guys who are just lost in life and are like, maybe sucking dick will make me feel whole, fill the void. Douglas is saying probably that's what led him on to the whole 5% gay versus queer theory, watching all the ballets. To end the chapter, he went deep on genetic studies. So fun. We'll breeze over it. The alcohol gene, alcoholics, like the addiction gene, transfers at the same rate as gay, (laughs) which might be news to people, but if you're predisposed, you have in your lineage an alcoholic you are going to love the sauce. And it's not just that. You'll find another, it's an addictive personality thing. You look at those butch moms in the Pacific Northwest, two mother households, it is statistically more likely, like in that first professor voluntary conversion camp, if you're in that queer environment, you're going to get kicked off on that foot from the start. And there's only more divisions being made, LGBTQR, N-I-G. <laughs> Dude, that's the funniest thing. If you go on a YouTube live chat ever, people just type in one letter for N. The next guy goes I. The next guy goes G. <laughs> and then somebody has to interrupt it or else everybody gets banned. If you ban words, people only find funny ways around it. That's going to take us to chapter three. So I think we have nine chapters today. My bad. Marxist Foundations, this wraps up the gay chapter before we move on to our next topic. It goes two chapters per topic. Let me get a sip of this lightning. Douglas Murray, he feels 
personally attacked. He thinks the word gay has lost its meaning. Gay, are you sexually attracted to your own gender or are you part of this grand political project? He's a writer. He hates this shit. Words are losing their power. Told the story of Peter Thiel. This is the guy who invented PayPal and is publicly gay. He supports Donald Trump and says, I'm a conservative and I'm gay. I'm more of an American than anything. Wedge issues, people. They are choosing the 5%, probably 0.5% of things we don't agree on. We're all American. Douglas talked about the right wing in England has a gay faction who marches with signs that says Republican hate kills. When you eat your own, when the gays ungay Peter Thiel, it pushes them to the other fringe. This England group, Republican hate that kills, they're saying don't tell your kids you're not going to love them if you're gay. You want them to vote Republican, right? (laughs) So England, they're just as mad as we are with all this political shite. It infests family life. And that whole thing made me think about the gay factions within the Republican Party. Abraham Lincoln. I guarantee he will be canceled one day. This man freed the slaves. Isn't that like the holy grail of this woke culture? (laughs) Abraham Lincoln was uh, part of the log cabin Republicans. It is heavily rumored that he was touching other dudes' logs. What was that girl's name? Mary Lincoln? Mary Todd Lincoln, she was like dead in the eyes. There's no way he was into her. That was a beard. He had a legendary beard beard. Abraham Lincoln, if the right was not as accepting at that time, let me finish, he would not have been able to free the slaves. And oh my God, in the 1800s, you couldn't even. He talks in the last chapter about people were cross-dressing in the 1800s they didn't care they were just like go to the woods don't do this in front of my kids you're gay okay go in with uh go with hester Prynne in the woods with the savages just don't do it here douglas is saying this is like the uh exiling of peter thiel just because he's a republican now he can't be gay it's identity politics and so they called him a homophobe (laughs) even though he's gay and we've lost the meaning of the root word phobia it means fear now it means hate you are transphobic gay phobic homo whatever it is it means you are hateful they're trying to call you racist when it really means fear fear comes from a place of ignorance these guys with the confederate flags chugging a six-pack every night and the sun wants to come out and gay go to the big city They just don't know what homosexual is. They've never experienced it, so they're scared of it, and then they get angry. There's definitely, like, some fancy quote about that I don't know, but fear comes from ignorance. That's all it is. That's what phobia should mean, and we turn it into, now I can hate you because you are fearful of this. It is a failure of education. Douglas Murray says, Soviet Russia was designed like this in this uh, pyramid where the most oppressed were at the bottom at that time. So we are doing this inverse in America where it still works with capitalism. This is why I'm saying we're doing it better than Maoism was ever able to. In Soviet, it was a working class at the bottom above them, the military, then the clergy, then the oligarchs. And now we have like cis white male is at the top. However, you're supposed to be treated like the bottom. (laughs) It's just fucking stupid groups. We're all people. It's 99% and then 1% of the concentrated wealth. Classism, not racism. That's what they figured out in England. 
Douglas is going. This happened in uh, Soviet Russia, and these toxic ideologies are infiltrating academia in modern day as well. In 2016, 18% of students identified as Marxism. And think about it, those kids, that was four years ago, 18% of kids believe in this reverse incentive social credit program. Now they're in the workforce. Now we see all these inclusionary courses, you have to take racial training. None of the managers believe in it. It's just a shame thing. What are you guys doing for racial inclusion? Oh, you're not? So you're racist. You just jumped to conclusion. There was no logic there. I had to take a woman's studies class to uh, graduate college. I guarantee no white male has ever gotten an A in that class. (laughs) This lady was a siren. She was a straight-up witch. One of the lessons I remember, she made us watch a video of a cop who got assaulted on the job Long story, real disturbing, a perpetrator with a gun put a, took him in an alleyway and demanded he suck his dick. And I remember the guy, he's like, the penis, the penis, it was so red, it was stinky. And the cop was crying and our lesbian teacher ended saying, now he has total knowledge of the other experience and he can police level-headedly. In reality... This guy was rewarded his pension, drank himself to quell his PTSD until he fucking killed himself. And then, uh, you know, this deranged professor is suggesting that every cop has to get fucked in the mouth to have total experience of the other. Peggy McIntosh was the academic who coined the term white privilege in 1988. And the news debuted it in that 2014 wave of hashtag culture, fast food culture, white privilege i've used this in descriptions for other shows but think about the little girl with that six-pack drinking paw out in the boonies born in a trailer park 50 miles from a library she doesn't have a mother does this bitch have white privilege it's a made-up word and we're just using it to accuse people of unprovable claims Ended it saying the great philosophical questions can be asked throughout our life you know how should i be in the world is my allegiance to God or my country. Postmodern theory is just a theatrical reconsideration of history. <laughs> it's like a Where's Waldo of history? Find the racist. You're not even doing schoolwork anymore. And schoolwork sucks. It's made to make you into a factory worker. You're not asking yourself the Socratic questions. What should we do with our lives? We are squabbling with one another. It's a social engineering at the deepest level. Douglas cited a 2017 paper. This paper was published in academic journals and it was called The Penis is a Social Construct. <laughs> and there were all of these crazy articles like the masculism patriarchy of dog shows and how dogs are racist. <laughs> this is legitimate post-truth. We're pointing fingers in the past. Well, guess what? The past is going to look at you as an asshole because you have a child slave labor phone in your pocket made in a prison of a Chinese factory. We are going to be looked at as fucking savages by the future, as noble as we try to act. This is going to bring us to chapter three, a fun one, ladies. (laughs) The Broads. In 2002, Steven Pinker, we got his book coming, Enlightenment Now. (laughs) Buddha said be skeptical of those peddling enlightenment. It was a $15 hardcover book. 
Steven Pinker, he's a real good author. He wrote a bestseller called The Blank Slate. It was written in 2002, and it was about gender then becoming a hot-button issue. There were already three waves of feminism. Next chapter goes over those progressions. It was two decades since that Pinker book, and we've slipped down a rabbit hole of delusion. And at this point, we are questioning, are men and women different? Pinker's saying nowadays you're supposed to ignore the differences, you know, act like it doesn't exist. So, of course, Douglas does the exact opposite. We're about to get into it. He started with the story of the 2011 Spirit Awards, some Hollywood awards show. Uh, Ava Mendez and Paul Rudd were there, and they did a little bit introducing a trophy, and they were pretending to grab each other's genitals on stage. And, you know, she was grabbing at his package, and he was acting like nothing's happening. And Douglas goes, the joke doesn't work the other way around. <laughs> Paul Rudd is just grabbing her tits on stage and drooling. People are going to call him in a uh, bigot or whatever the crime is, even though that's what every single man is thinking. <laughs> Probably would have been funnier that way. Douglas is saying these are double standards. That's like lesson number one in uh, jujitsu with a feminist. Double standard. Doug's bigger point was that Hollywood always has this extra tether to make the joke. A priest definitely couldn't get away with that one. Like, uh, we'll put under the umbrella of Hollywood the political theater. Joe Biden touches little girls and is still allowed to run for president. There are those, <laughs> they're being censored off of YouTube, those videos. It's so disgusting. It is allowed. They have impunity. Roman Polanski raped a 13-year-old girl. We know that there's boy love behind the scenes. Douglas took it to 2017 Harvey Weinstein. Big when he wrote the book. This was the new wave of controlling male behavior. There's always, it started with man spreading. In 2014, they changed the way you sit, and now you have to ask for consent in the bedroom between every single act. Slippery slope ain't a bad argument. The same year... Drew Barrymore, in 2017, she ripped off her shirt on Letterman during a live taping. Nothing happened. You know, they encouraged it. They told her, that's powerful of you. If a man ripped his pants off, he would be in the drunk tank. He exposed himself to the audience. This Drew Barrymore thing kind of led to the whole free the nipple. We went over this in the Jesus Christ book we talked about. Is it empowering or is it, <laughs> are you giving up your oil the widow's might to um, be a hooker or just to free the nipple. Do you want to use that as part of your hand when you're trying to wrangle in a wild man? Do you want to, you know, do you want to send him out your titty pick before he takes you for a date? The next story was Mayim Balik. She went on James Corden and she literally told young girls, send pictures of your breasts to men to diffuse the power dynamic. And it kind of seems like a distortion of, I don't know, empowerment. That's not... Who am I to say, you know, only someone with breasts can comment on that? <laughs> Let me take a shot at it for a moment, because I have an X and a Y chromosome. Let women like to say men don't have emotional intelligence. How about you try having a Y chromosome for a day? And we'll get there when we start talking about trans. I would not be doing this if I was a chick. You know, you don't send dick pics out to everybody. You gotta play your hand right. Jesus talked about that. Save your oil. Douglas is saying the wrong things are being 
championed two young women. He gets into Nicki Minaj later. Talked about Vice, though. This broke my heart. When I was growing up, Vice was a frontline journalism publication. They went to Beirut and where all the bullets were flying and told us what was happening. And now Vice is publishing headlines saying men and women can't work together. It's too toxic at the workplace. They tried publishing a piece of Vice that was saying women shouldn't wear makeup in the workplace. And women, they are not about that. You know, they want to look good. And this is going to bring up another 5% argument. He was saying how after the uh, Show Your Tits campaign, there was one called Make Him Drool campaign. That's non-consensual. That's a double standard. And this tied into his whole Nicki Minaj, Cardi B argument. But think about that whole wet pussy song. I mean, what are we teaching young children? I know music has always had to be counterculture to be cool. Heart is one of my favorite bands. Pat Benatar is slaying it with the guys playing electric guitar. She's not singing about her wet-ass pussy, and she was making good music. The thing is here, it's like another Jesus argument. You're towing the line. How are you going to have a wagon for an ass while not being objectified? Why are you going to put on makeup if you don't like being told you look good? And so his point is 5% of women don't like being looked at. And then the other 95%, this is their existence. You go to Target, and this could be a bias because I'm a 6'4 dude or whatever. Go to Target, honestly, and try not to make eye contact with a MILF. This is what they, oh my god, this young lad looked at me. He totally wanted it. You know, this is what gets women off. Honestly, I've had girlfriends tell me I love when you, like, simp over me or whatever. Stay strong out there, kings. Or that's your ticket in. This is what (laughs) 95% of women like. It's not this objectification thing. So it's actually more divisive for a feminist to go out there and say we want equality because most women want a traditional household where they don't have to work. Is that a surprise to anybody? told you it was going to get crazy. So Doug, he takes us to a women in the business place. There was a women mean business conference, very powerful. And all the women were saying at this meeting that they feel imposters syndrome or they feel like their employees believe they're a bitch. And imposter syndrome is like, I don't believe I should have this position. And then of course your employees think you're a bitch. Men think about killing their male bosses. All right. Do you want to have homicidal daydreams about you out there or just people think you're a bitch boo hoo this is like i'm going hard men and women this is your point as a boss you get paid to boss people around and men some two percent we learned this is in mind hunter have an extra y chromosome which leads to extra aggression and of course you could take that out these are the two percent of psychopaths who go on to run multinational corporations ceos if you um believe in that 70 cents on the dollar bullshit i don't believe you would have made it this far into the show it's only because men choose harder jobs we go work on oil rigs we clean out septic tanks we don't like to be kindergarten teachers that doesn't pay very good all of that culminates to the average that men and women make and then men make more It's by choice. That's a freedom thing. That's not a systematic oppression thing. We get to decide how we kill ourselves. Doug said women possess an ability that men don't, and that is to drive someone else mad. (laughs) And so maybe that's why you're getting called a bitch in the office, but you could definitely use that to your advantage. 
Doug ended on these uh, compulsory training programs. J.P. Morgan has an unconscious bias training. And his whole point is, men and women, we are very different. You're going to be told in these meetings that we are the same. And <laughs> it's untruths. We are being indoctrinated before our eyes in the year 2020. I didn't think it happened this soon. I don't know, man. As the narrative will have you believe there is no gender. <laughs> That's perfectly compatible with this cult-like Jim Jones group thing. <laughs> Chapter 4, wrapping up the ladies, catching waves. Feminism is undergoing what's called in academia the St. George in Retirement Syndrome. First wave was mid-1800s to around 1920s. He said it was precise and ambitious in its claims. And some of that residue lasted until the 60s wave. First wave was like, let us vote. Second wage was, let us work. And then this third wave, we'll get there, is kill all men. <laughs> In 1991, Susan Faldi wrote a book called Backlash, The Undeclared War Against Women. And she talked about rolling back the cause. <laughs> 1991, she was like, we're in the workplace. We're doing everything we need to. We made our point as feminists. If you're always present, your present doesn't mean as much. We got to draw back as a wave. Otherwise, it's just a fucking Nordstrom Maelstrom vortex. <laughs> Feminist just eating. Sounds about right. Susan Walston cited the single mother numbers. In the 1990s, yeah, it was so powerful to be an independent woman who no don't need no man. A staggering statistic amount of their kids wound up in the criminal justice system if you don't have a male figure in the household someone else is going to teach you those more brutal lessons susan faldi is saying 1990s let's roll it back guys what are our demands anymore what is this about in 2009 marilyn french wrote the third wave objective is to war against men that's a PSYOP. Okay, we know about counterintelligence program and uh, the CIA's chaos program. You take these movements and you pervert them to make infighting. And that's exactly what's happening. The third wave of feminism is obviously <laughs> doesn't stand for one cause. It's just like Black Lives Matter. It is an ambiguous title. This is Propaganda 101. If something has an indisputable title, you're being played anti-fascist. How do you go against that? Black lives matter? Of course they do. Marilyn French, this is like a traitor, I guess you ladies would consider her, but she was going, Why, how are we more oppressed? Yeah, slaves built the pyramid. It wasn't women slaves. <laughs> Look at the suicide numbers. If you bring those up, women are definitely winning the battle of sexes. She said, to put it kindly, the third wave of feminism is acting ahistorically. Murray, he had the opportunity to confront some of these radical feminists face on about the war on men. And they said to him, your ideas of manhood are no longer fit for purpose and your lack of evolution is hurting us all. <laughs> oh, because women are so evolved, says the... Uh, Two chromosomed monkey brain. You couldn't even develop the Y in the rational thinking dome. These are unfounded arguments, man. We're <laughs> that is critical race theory. Like if you're a white guy like myself and I start talking about the shapes of different races' skulls, that's like some of the real abominable science where I would get canceled for 
talking about even on YouTube. This bitch is going, men are just less evolved. So you see how you're allowed to be reverse sexist. Douglas said talking to these women who are saying men are trash, kill all men, completely abiding to groupthink are like talking to infants. Some people, <laughs> you know, don't adhere to new information. They only have like a 2,000 word lexicon and nothing else will penetrate that. Of course, he talked about mansplaining is completely bogus. I would come up with like, uh, what are you, nag-hagging? It's when that chick uses her superpower to piss you off. Bitchwit, you're thinking with your emotions. You, you guys didn't even write it good enough. Mansplaining, explaining. That, that should have been something about your ex. <laughs> you guys need better writers on the third wave. <laughs> Douglas, he summed this up. With one of his bigger points, like the 5% thing, he says this is a hardware trying to be software. Women are trying to <laughs> upload their Einsteinian IQs onto our feeble, pea-minded men. I want to say this one because it doesn't get repeated enough, but the reason that women are on average smarter than men, because males' intelligence lies on the fringes. You look at the bell curve and men are on the really stupid side and the really smart side and then women mostly fall in the middle which is also why they abide to groupthink much better and men like to punish the lesser half so the women they're trying to just get that crafty social intelligence into us and Doug is saying it's a circuit board issue it's like you can't run the female software the hormonal incarnation on the male testosterone driven mind it's not gonna work it's like Software hardware, when uh, a gay man hits on you, <laughs> you it does it feels good, I guess. Like, you get a compliment. Doesn't compute. Douglas found a group online to end it called TERFs, Trans-Exclusionary Radical Feminists, saying, how are you going to fight the war on men if you can't even make up with your own, again, with the log cabin Republicans? TERFs, you're not taking... You're, trying to start a war on men in a war you usually want your biggest berserkers on the front line and they just excluded all the trans from the movement you're not allowed to come to the next feminist march this is about us you gotta unite douglas said there might be some hidden agendas when the hashtag kill all men is not taken down as hate speech on twitter going to take us to chapter five this is our diciest topic no wonder it's in the middle melanin manipulation race how come i'm just going to start out with a science experiment you could try this for yourself when you type into google black family you see family reunions cookouts you know no cracker in sight you type into google white family you are indoctrinated with the future of multiracial culture in America and the browning by 2050. You know, you are... How come I just can't look up a white family? Again, this is probably some technocratic algorithm that goes deeper. And I got to be careful with this chapter. That's a really easy experiment. Murray started the chapter talking about Martin Luther King Jr. And, uh... <laughs> dude, I dropped this on someone once. I was out... Late night, I was a little drunk, so this is where the story comes from, getting pizza. And there was this fucking 400-pounder waddling up. She was easily further from the line than I was, so I went before her. I know, women first, whatever that old <laughs> double standard of chivalry is. This girl said to me, 
Dude, this is like when you get called a racist as a white man, you develop superpowers. I was immediately sobered up. She said to me, oh, Massa, you got to be at the front of the line. I'll just go to the back. I was like, motherfucker, I know you're... <laughs> I said, maybe I'm an asshole, yeah, for valuing pizza over people. And I know you're going to get fucking five calzones and a meat lover's pie. I just want one slice of to get out of here, big girl. But what you're doing is attributing actions to my race. I legitimately said I don't know how I was drunk. Dr. King told us to judge people by their character, not their skin color. <laughs> like, I thought I was going to get into a fight, get ran out of this pizzeria, and everybody just went quiet. I think you can still beat ignorance with logic. That's one of my favorite drunk moments, even though I got called a racist. Think about that, man. I am the one being haggled. You know this. If you're a white dude, you are in the crosshairs right now. And this is just what's going to polarize people more. I know people aren't going to like hearing that story even. It's pretty apparent that you can't win over everybody nowadays. I am a uh, child of the 90s. Think about it. Nobody our age was racist. We grew up watching Sesame Street with all of the characters. My public schooling system was only around 60% white. It was co my closest friends were of different races. I'm not just saying me. Nobody from my graduating class of 400 people really was racist. And I can only say this. <laughs> Some of the black kids would bully the little white kids and say, Oh, whitey, I'm going to spit on you. That, those are the real stories. There was never a lynching in our town. The media does not report on these things. They know the hottest embers of division amongst the people is race. Our brains are made for this. We know if you are not in the color tribe of 200 people that you're born with, you are going to be killed by the other chimps. 90s kids, nobody feels this because we're not at that Hobbesian state of survival. However, those tendencies underlie and can be played upon as you see they are with me. And the scariest thing about this is that it is an unprovable and unretractable claim. Once you call someone a racist, it's the scarlet letter. It's on them forever. And how do you prove it? Again, race, it's a phobia. It's ignorance. You can't prove someone's just stupid. Is the only way to prove it if they have a, a fucking uh, Confederate flag in there, a KKK robe hanging up in their closet? I don't understand what these... <laughs> accusations are the next chapter is called forgiveness and unless we can just move on these embers will be stoked until the end of time douglas got into the academia he went to the university of wisconsin they had a book published called the problem with whiteness the problem with whiteness can't write that about any other race white isn't even a race you know white is just the color of your skin that's more racist whereas black is more concentrated I'm not going to go too deep on this. Applebaum, the author of this, said when a white person acknowledges that they're racist, they are still racist. So it's kind of like the Catholic Church with original sin. There is no path to redemption. I'm pretty sure it's been said before that if you are minority, you can't be racist. So again, this is <laughs> an indoctrination mechanism of a cult where not everybody's equal. That alone is just uh, enough that Dr. King would lose his skull. He spent some time talking about the Evergreen College fiasco. This is like a small college, Pacific Northwest. This guy, Brett Weinstein, got canceled. He got unpersoned on Facebook recently. He blew up initially because Evergreen had this day called White People Stay Home. 
<laughs> white people weren't allowed to go to work because racism. And he was like, I want to make a dollar. I don't know. You're taking food out of my kid's mouth. That sounds pretty fucking Marxist. Look at Evergreen College now. They completely let the patients run the asylum. They're doing all kinds of safe spaces. Postmodern education. This shit zaps my soul. You see, talking about this is fucking heartbreaking. Let me get a little more coffee going. Damn good. Murray said that Vice wrote articles after the Black Panther saying it was a relief. Finally, for black audience, they didn't feel hate when seeing a white man on the big screen. They didn't feel hate when seeing a white man. Oh, so racism. You feel racism when you see white people. <laughs> the articles speak for themselves. Like, if you are one who knows how to read between the lines... This is truly the world is a stage. It is a beautiful show. It is Camus absurdism. That is a beautiful philosophy to look into. These things can make you laugh. We can all laugh together. There's no reason we need to write a hate piece about me. I'm already cancelable. Let's wrap this one on the Serena Williams story. In 2018 at the U.S. Open, she broke her uh, racket out of anger. It was in one of the earlier rounds. She smashed it up. The referee, of course, he fined her, you know, tennis is this posh community where you have to wear all white collared clothes for a friggin' match where you're going to sweat. And they said that the ref was bringing attention to a black woman's rage, which inflames the stereotype. And of course, this guy was doing his job following the league rule book, and he was fired. They knew the people who run the tennis league, that Serena Williams, she won the tournament. She won four million bucks. She can afford to pay a $10,000 fine. They just knew that canceling this referee would bring more eyes. And that's the whole point of this. Division causes clicks. If you watch that social dilemma thing, hate is what gets the most clicks. Like if I see... <laughs> If you see, I don't even hate anything. I care about nothing. This is why I'm a good host. But if you saw like on YouTube, grandma gets beaten up. And then you see under that cute cat compilation, you're going to click on grandma gets beaten up. It's like a car wreck. We love to see some argumentative courtroom drama. And the media knows how to play this. That's some MK Ultra, not some MLK level thinking. It's going to take us to chapter 6, what we need to get over the race thing, forgiveness. It's just like the hardware-software, we're trying to run two programs at once. And I'm going to go deep for a minute. It's inclusion and freedom. Freedom means do what you want and face the consequences. Inclusion means artificial outcomes. You are being included in what is already set up. Black has been turned into a political concept. Like, a lot of black people hate when you call them African-American because maybe they're an islander, a Caribbean black person. None of these terms make sense. It's just, we're walking on eggshells. You think about Kanye West? He was unblacked, like the guy who was ungayed before, Peter Thiel. When Kanye started making the MAGA music, <laughs> listen to... Kanye West versus the people. It's him rapping about Donald Trump. It's on the same album as the scoop diddy poop, poop diddy scoop. So maybe he has lost his mind. You can't have your blackness taken away from you. Isn't that the point of that racist TV show? 
the black community has been assumed as part of the Democratic Party. You know, you get called an Uncle Tom if you're not. You might see in our lifetime even a division within the black community. Imagine that. You got to love Kanye, though. He called Trump a bald thief back in the day. He called, uh, remember, he goes, George Bush does not care about black people. He is built for uh, presidential sound bites. You could flip-flop, but once you finally go to the unapproved side, you are uncheckmarked, unpersoned. The real case of the unblacking was 2015. The NAACP ousted Rachel Dolezal, a black professor with an afro as white. <laughs> they said that uh, she didn't. She was calling for a white foreign policy. And so the point there, they're using white as a derogatory slur. Oh, whitey, you acting like a white motherfucker. Yeah, I'm going to go do my taxes and then make some money. It's truly engineering of the culture. He went on to talk about Benedict Cumberpatch. So we'll get racial between the white people now. In 2015, he was on a talkie, a chat show overseas. And the Brits were talking about how it's easier to get roles in America as a British man. And Travis Smiley, the host, asked him, If you need the work so bad, would you take the role of a KKK member? And Benedict said, um, Well, the job of acting is to display another person's mindset, so I think it'd be challenging, and I would like to try to be a grand wizard. Everybody in the audience, <gasps> Did he just say the N-word? What just happened? And again, if you abide to these new rules of rewriting history where you can't even touch a racial issue, we're going to throw so much culture out the door. Think about the olden days, the Greek drama, tragedies, you know, the double masks. The men would dress up as women. You could play a fucking anything you want. Nothing is off limits. Go back and watch Tropic Thunder. That's going to be the last time anyone ever does blackface. <laughs> What all of these cases lead to is just public shaming as a control mechanism. There is no forgiveness. Reparations is the ultimate example. And shouldn't the Jews, we talked about the pyramids, get more reparations than anyone? They've been slaves for 6,000 years. They forgave whoever it was. They made their own religion and then just took over the banking system. So forgiveness works best in your own personal interest. Talk to any therapist to try to find me one that says holding a grudge is healthy. It's definitely not working as a country. Doug, he went as far to say that racism has been warped into entitlement. And really, reparations? The quicker you realize I don't deserve anything, the quicker you're going to be off to the races. It is a like a loser complex that they are uploading you with and the human mind unfortunately our sought we can run that software that's when you got to start go looking into mass hypnosis propaganda in the public mind so doug to end this one he was going history is composed of scandals that's what we study when we look back on time <laughs> now that everything is scandalous every day there's a new scandal our history is gone. Our language is deteriorating. Our history is. This is pre-Civil War looking shit. Or the fall of Rome, which I've been saying. He who controls the past controls the future. He who controls the present controls the past. That's the entire Orwellian point. Once we've already let truth go. So I'm kind of just watching the fire burn and trying to make you guys laugh out there. <laughs> you, we would have to do a lot of work to really get back on track. Chapter 7. 
trans. Every generation before us has acts which we view as abominable, stupefying. (gasps) They let children work in factories. Are we really going to be the first exception of uh, the generations of humanity which doesn't have these inhumane acts? Of course not. I brought up before the iPhone thing. Every single person is a hypocrite that needs forgiveness. We all support child labor. The way that we view uh, child chimney sweeps of the old days is going to be the same way that we view trans child operations. These are truly abominable. This is when you have to side with the right wing. The right wing can conspiracy better than the Democrats. They have a better rational thinking brain. The right wings were going uh, years ago. They're coming for your kids. They want to have gay marriage first. Well, next they're going to convert your kids. They called that one. And then the left wing for four years. I don't know if you saw this headline. CNN goes during the election shit. The election is unhackable. Do you remember CNN saying for the last four years that Russia hacked our election? It's called memory hold or just double speak. There is no truth in the media. I'm doing a better job than Don Lemon. Jeez, man. (laughs) That's why I said in the intro, there's no such thing as logical consistency or having something you stand for a fucking constitution on that side. I respect a good theory. (laughs) And this one's coming too. Doug said that uh, there was this kid, Nancy, who was shunned from her family for 30 years. She was a lesbian, and then she finally had a sex change, and she realized, um, I liked being a woman, but now maybe my family will like me. I'll bring a man home as a straight, and they were like, we don't approve of this still. She killed herself. Post-operation suicide rate is over 50%. If your doctor said I could operate on your arm, you might be feeling better, but there's a 50% chance you kill yourself. Do you take those odds? It's very irresponsible that the doctors do not present all the information up front. In May of 2019, the U.S. passed a federal bill to redefine sex to include gender identity. The government is undermining Merriam-Webster. This is my bad bitch of history. I'm going to marry that dictionary lady. She gave us our language, thousands of words to use, and the government is saying, yeah, sex, gender, male, female, none of that shit exists anymore. The military, nowadays they're paying for transitions. All of this shit is postmodern, man. You could get X on your driver's license. I think I might do that. I get pulled over and the doctor asks what I am. I'm saying, don't frisk me. You're not allowed to. I'm an X-man. That's like a Kanye line right there. If I'm a male to female trans, call me an X-man because I'm mutant. (laughs) Doug said this is a very emotional topic, so it requires a forensic approach. Look at the numbers for this. (laughs) It's never good to make a decision off of your emotions. Do some math. Use that logos. Many children are born a year with ambiguous genitalia. And Doug was going, this is the time to act. We're lucky that we have all this medical technology. We have the hormones. We have the slice and dice your dick into a vag. These kids, it's luckily less than 5% who are born without genitalia. In their teen years, they have an astronomical suicide rate. And he's going, this is probably the real 5% of the uh, transsexual people. Like, again, there's people who tag on to movements just because they want to be a part of something. 
And that is not the real people who are going to need these operations. And those people are uh, defined in the DSM as gender dysphoria. And I guarantee the <laughs> medical community probably ditched that idea too because it's anti-social justice. But there used to be a name for these things and they used to treat it without immediate operations. And I talked about it before. People used to cross-dress throughout history. Nobody cared. It was only until the post-war era where they started institutionalizing people. And they were like, you have to undergo a gender reassignment. And this guy's just like, what are you talking about? Maybe I identify as a Saudi Arabian and I like to wear a tunic. Who cares if you wear a dress? I'll take it further. I'm a hippie. Clothes are a social construct. I am a white male. I am lacking melanin. I should have white privilege to put my penis out in the sun. You know it feels good. I'm not going to lie. I've done it. Douglas cited a Dr. George Burroughs study. It was from the 50s, 70s era. And he was going men to women transitions are easier than a woman to a man. When you start taking all the estrogen, it makes you feel younger, more empathetic towards everything. You get the mind-reading superpowers of a super-brained bitch. A female to male, you experience new levels of rage and frustrating fixation. Testosterone is known to increase levels of focus, so you're like an autist. You're fixated on certain things. When you're talking about the cultural effects, the reason it's so much harder to turn into a man, think about the way you get your doors open for you. The guys were saying it's like going from being an ex-con to being royalty. <laughs> That's a pretty good uh, step up. And for the women, they had all kinds of complications transitioning to male. You have to, um, like not a lot of girls out there are looking for a husband who used to be a chick as well. I hate to break it to you, but again, the girls are usually the ones most for the infighting, even though they tout inclusion. Scientifically, Douglas said we have no clue why people feel as if they're born into the wrong body. We could go into that whole XY chromosome thing before. In the 5% of cases of intersex, whatever it, the new <laughs> actual trans should be called, we don't know scientifically why it happens. He says, like, try to focus on the self, try every method possible before you go through because it is an irreversible decision. In 2015, it was considered the transgender tipping point when Caitlyn Jenner came out, and this skyrocketed the number of surgeries that were happening, even though, even though <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner still has a dick. What are we calling these people? You know what I'm saying here? Ben Sharpio, this is the only time you'll ever hear me defend this guy. He was the first one to say in 2015, good, we've just mainstreamed delusion. The federal, <laughs> again, the federal government redefined what sex is. We're getting into all of these uh, falling empires. The Greek and the Romans were obsessed with hermaphrodites cross-dressing. This is one of the signs of the end times. They have now, again, the right wing spot on transgender drag shows in schools talked about in fast food nation how i had ronald mcdonald at least you get to live a long life and then die of heart disease as opposed to a post-op suicide sharpio would say this is supposed to be a conversation between you and your doctor not the kardashians and the mainstream media if Kim Kardashian shoves a camera up her asshole on live TV that next weekend, the number of colonoscopies 
will go up. <laughs> I mean, just mainstream delusion. He talked about um, an 18-year-old in the UK, a kid who was born to hippie parents. They took him to a psychosexual service in Manchester, and they diagnosed him as trans. And if you listen to the show, you know I hate the DSM, the way we define all these operations of the brain. Oh, you're sad? Yeah, you're depressed. Start taking antidepressants. Try to improve your standard of living. Go try to exercise once. Get a good night's sleep. This fucking asshole, a psychosexual voodoo witch doctor, he told this kid, yeah, you are diagnosed. Abracadabra. You have trans. And so this 18-year-old kid was like, okay, I guess I have to go through with the operation now. At 20 years old, he killed himself. Doug is going, these fucking analyst doctors, they are going to be looked at as the gay conversion therapy camps. Spot on analysis. Read this book. He ended on Kanye being unblacked, Peter Thiel being ungayed. Caitlyn Jenner is looked at as not progressive enough. Once you do do the lop your dick off, they're going to make you get boobs put in, take more estrogen. You will never be far enough. That is the game of the Marxism. You can always be put in a gulag. Read the gulag archipelago. This Marxism is what leads to the ultimate control, which takes us to our conclusion. Chapter 8. Lost it halfway there. Maybe 8 or 9. Conclusion. Women, gays, blacks, trans, all of these people, if you talk to anyone on the street, they'll tell you, yeah, they have the toughest plight in human history. Very untrue. <laughs> people will lie to your face and you have to act like it's truth in this world. And uh, read a Steven Pinker book, The Better Angels of Our Nature. We objectively live in the most affluent and peaceful time in the history of the world. Do we really want to let the demons out of the open Pandora's box? Yeah, the uh, women, gays, and trans have it so hard. What about handicapped people? In the 13 countries, homosexuality is punishable by death. We learned all the way from third world countries up to Japan through Amnesty International, deformed babies are killed. So you want to talk about your fucking Jewish ancestors had to build the pyramid and you're being a Zionist? How about you literally help people who cannot stand up for themselves even before you go to black lives matter rally go to your soup kitchen be thankful afflict smaller change because there is truly mental illness injustice going on that is i'm a wolfkin these things are calls for attention when there are signs all around us for people that we could be giving our attention to douglas said the oppression matrix will further derange our society if we let it control us just like we're letting the algorithms control us. Even worse, we are diluting the language for when we need to really call out an anti-Semite or a racist when we see one. It's so irresponsible and short-sighted what people are buying into right now. You're going to need these words one day. You don't want to waste them on the fake deal. Douglas was saying, what's next? <laughs> you know, slippery slope. It only gets more perverse more deranged, he called it. He said suburbophobia is next. You're going to be able to be canceled, fired for your job if you made fun of a Karen. And there's always been a name for those bitchy white moms in the suburbs. But again, this is another socially engineered hashtags that popped out during the coronavirus. Karen 
it's to it's like that uh boomer meme it's supposed to sow division between generations there is now suburbophobia it's gonna come back the other way where now you could get hit if you made that meme aoc she didn't oh my god i have to calm down this is literal communism she's compiling lists of the people who voted for donald trump so that they could be held accountable for what they've done if you vote for not vladimir putin they put you in a gulag you don't want to open this box in america douglas is wrapping it up here he's saying we are robbing ourselves of time and energy squabbling with each other to find who really are our oppressors and literally through all of history every single man has been oppressed it is unethical and wrongful conviction to call someone else your oppressor wrongful conviction should be punishable by death you're calling an innocent man guilty you never get a better defense mechanism than then douglas is saying we need to look up 99 percent one percent if you're calling some republican cis white garbage man your oppressor you are sowing division we need to take the overton window back there should be no taboo topics free speech is required for a free society remember your standard of living it's greater than anyone who's ever lived before you do you want to risk all of that to try to get a reparation check people will take up arms before you could take their money for no good reason we are built on business let's remember those tenants if we're not trading we're going to start sending bullets at each other's that's the real uh benefit to capitalism alex tocqueville wrote a book in the 1800s it was called democracy in america it was written in 1830 and then rediscovered in the 1860s the big idea was for opposing parties to come to an agreement you can't be sending letters to one another you have to be face to face and that's the whole thing with online you will never be able to change anybody's mind online maybe with a speech maybe by the show my point is i'm not going to get canceled by this bigger idea there is douglas murray's book better get rediscovered before we have america civil war 2 30 years might be too late in this case hate is pretty fucking mainstream right now it's acceptable to hate one another it is more progressive and socially just to try and spread love man peace peace on earth hold hands with every race we are the world <laughs> the hippies they were right man you got to depoliticize and unite go back to mlk's idea you gotta have a dream that one day people really will judge one another by the content of their character rather than some uncontrollable characteristic you gotta thank douglas murray for that book this man is a thinker and a provocateur he's putting some ideas some taboo topics into a well-articulated point i would totally suggest this book probably one of my favorite reads of 2020 this is going to take us into the near future next week not committing to a book right now i'm thinking 22 laws of marketing update two weeks from now we got another whip clip coming the election one <laughs> that's the you're gonna see me at my best that is behind a paywall it is on patreon it got a little conspiratorial that's where i truly let the topics run free if you want to get political and modern check out over there and then our last show of the year that's going to be december 29th 
It's going to be a silly one. It's a best of the year, the sound bites from all of the shows. It's good, like a collage of all the most heinous things that I've said. So if this show didn't cancel me, that one certainly will. I really appreciate you guys staying tuned for Douglas Murray's The Madness of Crowds. It'll help you operate in our oppression currently, the Matrix. <laughs> the oppression Matrix. Damn, that worked. Thank you guys for listening to another edition. I will see you next week. My name is Nick Munez. Peace.